0: Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Holy and most gracious God, thank you for gathering us here today. We ask that your word may, may be called out from the rooftops so that all may hear, all may know of your love in Jesus' name. Amen. So, to this past week was the first week of school. And not just for our school district around, but also for the preschool here at, here at Pisgah. And while we had stuff going on all summer long, when school starts, it's a little bit different. There's that noise that, that just sort of reverberates through the halls as kids are getting used to their new classes. And new, new little ones are coming in. So you hear the laughter and screams and the tears from time to time as, as everybody's adjusting. And i got to tell you, I think it's absolutely wonderful. I love the noise of a new school year. I love the noise of the preschool period because since it's beginning in the early 2000s, hundreds and hundreds of kids, for them, Pisgah has become their second home. And and like I said, I think that's wonderful because you know what? When I was a kid, church was my second home too because as a preacher's kid, that means you're there every time the doors open, but it also means you're there when the doors aren't open. You know, when when my father would have a meeting or something like that and there was no childcare i'd come to the church and i'd have the run of the place and see when church is your second home as it was for me as it for many of the kids well you sort of treat it like it's your home which means you might run down the aisle for children's sermon which i love by the way because guess who always ran down the aisle for children's sermon This guy right here. Because you know what? I was having races with my brother down the aisle when nobody was around. You know, these pews, they are great to crawl under and play like you're in the army. Awesome. We had a balcony at my old church. I may have thrown a few paper airplanes out of the balcony. You know, the pulpit, for some people, the only people that ever should be in the pulpit is the pastor. (laughs) I've been going to the pulpit since I was old enough to walk. Because that's just what you do. And when it's your second home, you treat it like that. And all of the rules that are in place in church, well, they kind of take a back seat. And let's be honest, there's a lot of rules in church, aren't there? Now, I have yet to ever go to a church and see rules posted up anywhere. But make no mistake, they're there. Because you're not supposed to run, are you? And you're not supposed to talk real loud. And in some churches, you're not really supposed to laugh. And you don't clap during worship in some churches. You just smile as, as loudly as you can. Most churches have uh, sort of a, a wardrobe that is approved and unapproved. I mean, here it, it's pretty lax. But, you know, in some places, if you're not wearing a coat and tie, and if ladies aren't wearing a dress, mama's going to raise up from out of the grave there. You know? And there's certain things that you can say and not say. And there's certain things that you do. And when you stand up and when you sit down, and which candle gets lit first. And how you set up for communion and how you take communion. There's all kinds of unwritten rules around, aren't there? Because that's what we do. We're churchy people. We follow the rules. That's how it is. Because, well, our faith is all about rules too, right? Tons of rules in the Christian faith. I mean, you know... Well, thanks, Siri. Sometimes she listens when I don't even want her to. Thanks for listening to my sermon. Okay, so anyway, there's all of these rules. And, and, in, and in the Old Testament, the, the Jews had 613 mitzvahs, 613 rules that they would follow. Now, we don't follow a lot of those. I mean, we like our barbecue and our bacon. and so But there are some, many of them we do follow. And find very important, right? And even though we say that all sins are equal in the eyes of God, let's be honest, we do sort of have a, a tier of sins, right? A tier of rules that you had better follow. At the very top it's what? Don't, well, yeah, love God, that's, yeah. But what's, what's, what's the worst thing you can do? Kill somebody, right, murder is right up there. Stealing's right up there. You know, there's... And then, after that one, we start to... It gets a little hazier. And they start getting into ones, well, that some people commit, but I don't. Those are those are really bad ones, right? We, we like those. So long as I'm not guilty, I can still point my finger at you. So, so you know, um, but we don't really stand up here and talk about coveting very much, do we? Why? <laughs> because we're all guilty of that one. Or lying? Well... You know, it's funny how many times i think, well, you're not going to lie in church, are you? You're not supposed to lie anywhere. But, you know, somehow it's worse if you do it in here. Oh, I can't believe he cussed in church. Why is it any different in here than it is out there? I mean, we have all these churchy rules, all these rules of our faith that we have to abide by. And there are some, you know, those ones that those people do. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. They break those rules and, you know, God's going God's to gonna make set them straight one day. We know about those too, right? Well, the Jews had a hierarchy of sins as well. And aside from loving God and killing and stealing, near the top of those were the dietary laws that, like I said, we like our bacon, we don't really follow anymore. The cleanliness laws, laws that said things like you're not supposed to touch a dead person or come in contact with blood, or otherwise you wouldn't be able to, to worship. But one of the biggest ones of all, Sabbath. It came from the very beginning. I mean, the right at the front of the Bible, in Genesis, when God created the heavens and the earth and was all finished, he said, and on the seventh day, God did what? God rested and he blessed that day and made it holy. Even before we had the Ten Commandments, they were told to take the Sabbath day and rest. Only two things you can do on the Sabbath. You can worship and you can hang out with your family. You weren't supposed to cook. You weren't supposed to tear paper. You weren't supposed to to walk but a certain amount of steps. These were very important. You did not break the Sabbath rules. Period. I mean, and, and let's be honest, that carried for a long way through Christianity, didn't it? Now for the Jews, the Sabbath was a Saturday. And, and because of the resurrection, for us it's on Sunday. But how many of you remember blue laws? You know, nothing was open. And now it's just Chick-fil-A and, and Hobby Lobby that are closed on Sundays. And we complain about that. You know, and then, and, and then you have, I mean, I remember when I was a kid... And I wanted to go mow the yard because I hadn't done it on Saturday and I was grounded until I mowed the yard so I was going to do it on Sunday. Oh, no, I was not. You didn't do that. But nowadays, pretty much whatever you want, again, except for going to Chick-fil-A or Hobby Lobby, you can do on Sundays. But for Jews, nothing. The day of worship, the day of family, and that's it. And so... In our gospel reading, we hear about Jesus. And he's doing what he's supposed to do on the Sabbath. He goes to the synagogue and he's teaching. Until this woman shows up. Who has what we would probably call osteoporosis. And she has been bent over looking at feet for 18 years. It's a long time. And so what does Jesus do? She comes up to him. Jesus lays his hands on her. Heals her and she stands up. That's wonderful, right? Oh, no. Jesus broke a rule. And, and the leader of the synagogue made it known, too. He said, you know what? There are six days when you can show up to get healed. Not today. Not today, Jesus. No, no, no. This is the day for worship. This is a day not for work. There ain't no healing that goes on on the Sabbath. How dare you do this? And you know what? He had a point, didn't he? God established the Sabbath, like I said, early on. That's how it was supposed to be. No work on the Sabbath. So here's Jesus coming in and doing the exact opposite. He's breaking a rule. Now, I don't know about you, but I always heard that Jesus was perfect, right? And perfect people don't break rules, do they? So, what is going on here? A, a, a very law that, that God Himself established, God Himself is breaking. What do we do with this? Some of you may know that I'm a preacher's kid, like I said earlier. I think you all know because I said it a little while ago. But um, so the next part is a story that I'm actually stealing from one of my father's sermons from, from way back. Um, it's a story of uh, one of his, his call to ministry and he was a young child and they had a water fountain in their church and it was at the end of a hallway, a long hallway with nothing but doors and next to that, that water fountain was a, a stack of cups, Styrofoam cups. Anybody knows what happens when you take a styrofoam cup and you put it on the ground and you stomp on it makes a great loud noise, doesn't it? Well, all the boys would, would do that because this hallway, it would just echo and echo. But my father, he was a rule follower. Um, and so he would, he would never do that. But one day, I guess it was during Sunday school, he had gone to the bathroom and on the way out, he saw those cups. And nobody was around. So he took one of those cups on the ground and stomped on it and just as that loud boom echoed through the pastor walked right out of his office he walked out of his office and walked over to my father and Pastor Sam Sox was a tall man and he looked down my father knew he was going to get it and Pastor Sam just reached down picked up my father and gave him a big hug that's what Jesus did today in our gospel reading Jesus could have followed the rules. He could have said, No, come back tomorrow. But have any of you ever had back pain? I mean, I, I know some people have really suffered. I mean, I've, I've pulled muscles in my back before, but not like some people struggle. And, and your legs hurt, and your back hurts, and your arms hurt, and your head hurts. You, can't, you cannot get comfortable, it's just miserable. Now tell me, if you've experienced this kind of back pain, would you want it to go one day longer? Imagine suffering for 18 years and being told, Well, if you come back tomorrow, then we can help you out. Jesus knew, no, this has to be taken care of right now. Because people are more important than rules. And see, that's the thing that we've got to understand. People are more important than rules. You and I are not called to follow rules. We are called to follow Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He puts people first. The law that Jesus obeys is the law of love. And that's what you and I are called to follow as well. I mean, look, folks. We are, as Christians, supposed to, to, to live rightly. Yeah? But think about it. Are we supposed to lie or not? let's say somebody comes in with a horrible new hairdo what do you say? do you say, well your hair looks awful, your clothes don't match you know what, you're kind of a jerk no, you don't say those things, why? they may be the truth but are they loving? no the church has a a horrible reputation of being so judgmental and just mean to people by constantly deriding them for telling them that they're breaking rules and they're wrong and God doesn't love, and all this stuff. When Jesus ain't like that, folks. Jesus puts people first. And there are three laws that he says over and over again. Love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. And that, my friends, is the mirror to which we should uphold everything that we do. Every rule that we follow or don't follow, every, every action that we do, am I loving God, am I loving my neighbor, am I loving myself in that order? So does this mean we don't have to follow rules anymore? Not really. Because most of these rules are made for other people. I mean, look, we have speed limits. What are speed limits for? For safety, to protect the other people on the road. I mean, we have so many people out there that think that the rules just don't apply to them anymore. But that's not loving others. That's only loving yourself. The truth is, we are called to love. And if we aren't loving, then we are breaking the biggest rule of all. And there is no greater rule than that. We are called to love God, love our neighbor, and love ourselves. And when those rules don't match up to that, well then guess what? They've got to take a back seat to love. Because love comes first. In every situation, love comes first. I know that we don't always get everything right. But we have a God who picks us up and hugs us in spite of ourselves. God steps forward and leads with love. And that's what you and I are called to do as well. Because remember, we aren't called to follow the rules. We're called to follow Jesus. Amen.